Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Matt Chat. I am David Maricatani. Today I got a two for one special joined by, by, by my buddies from North Carolina State University, Associate Head Coach Frank Beasley and Assistant Coach Obi Block. Fellas, what's going on? Hey Dave, how's it going? Uh very happy to be on. Good to Great have you. Good to have you guys. I know you had a, a big meet last night with uh your in state rivals. And I saw a couple lineup changes there, at least one. You guys got Foz in at 125. Is is that going to be that way the rest of the year? So far, that's the plan. And uh, Sean's doing an excellent job of maintaining his weight. And he's very focused and uh, has a couple of things that he wants to finish out. Once he get on that podium this year, we're all excited and uh, backing him up all the way. Well, you know, he's uh, been ranked in the top 20 all season at 133, had a lot of good wins, and you know, it's kind of our plan all year to bring him down to 25 second semester, and it, it wasn't a problem for him. He's the guy moving forward. Uh, you know, for him individually, it puts him in the best position, and, and obviously team-wise, it's huge having uh, him and Morris back-to-back in the lineup there instead of them both in the same same spot as they're both in the top 20 in the rankings. So uh, it, was, it was big to get him down and, and have him there the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, we were ranking just week to week which guy was doing better, and then... You know, I know in our track rankings, we had Morris in there after he had such a strong uh, Midlands. But you're, you said it right. Obviously, you know better than, than we do. But to get both those guys in your lineup is is awfully significant. So, you know, congratulations on the win last night. I know that was, uh, you know, you got to try to take care of business in state for sure. So um, you guys talked a little bit about his thought process and mentality of getting down to that weight class. And when I talk to you guys, and I talk to Pat, you guys talk a little, a lot about the culture and mentality of the program out there. So, Frank, I'll ask you first because I know you were there right at the beginning when when Pat took over. Tell me, tell me and the people listening about the changing of the culture and mentality there at NC State. Well, I think uh, you know, for us, that's one of the most important things is is the mentality and the culture, from recruiting guys on a team all the way across the board. Um, we look for that that right mentality, and uh, when we got here, you know, uh, it was just a different mentality than our coaching staff brought in. It was a different uh, ideology. So what we did is, is we pretty much came in and, and kind of cleaned house and brought in our own guys. Uh, there was only two guys that made it through the transition successfully of the 28 or whatever that was on the roster at the time, and both those guys ended up being captains and having successful. You know, careers for us. Cron Jones went from having a losing record to qualifying for the national tournament one year later. And Tommy Gant went from being a, a backup with a losing record to being an All-American for us and, you know, I think a three-year captain. So, uh, you know, it's just those two guys from day one bought in and, and did everything, had the same mentality we had. We just saw eye to eye across the board on everything. And uh, and then we started recruiting and bringing in guys with, with a like-minded mentality. Um from there, and, and one thing led to another. And now, across the board, talent level, you know, some guys are really good. Some guys are pretty good. Um, it's all over the board as far as the talent, but the mentality from 25 to heavyweight, every guy on our roster is the same. And uh, and that's when it gets to be a winning combination, when everybody's on the same page. Across the board, the coaching staff, the administration, the support staff, and the guys on the team. Yeah, and, and OB, I know you come from a place like Oklahoma State where excellence is expected. And I know talking to Pat and Frank and all you guys, you talk about the whole lifestyle and the mentality. So 
what is it that you guys are preaching to your kids on a daily basis that they need to buy into? Uh, I think it's the overall excellence across the board in terms of uh, academic, uh, what they do outside of the room uh, when they're hanging out with each other or amongst other students, and, of course, that work ethic inside the room. Just having a consistent mindset of chasing excellence and uh, being the kind of uh, student athletes that your parents would be proud of, your friends would be proud of, just trying to be great at everything we do, and um, just being a kind of team that someone can look at and say, you know what, I want my kids to go to this university and uh, trying to be like this kind of a team. It's uh, something that we're big about. And uh, in terms of uh, building future leaders, that's big for us, building leaders out of every single guy on our team. And uh, that's the goal. That's the aspiration. And um, I'm just happy to be proud of uh, part of that whole transition and helping build these guys and uh, go into a future that uh, these guys can lead a program of their own, whether it's high school coaching, uh, being a leader in uh, business, Anything that they want to do, we want to create a great foundation that will continue uh, long after NC State. I think that's extremely well said, and I actually know Tommy Gant. He wrestled uh, in an all-star meet when he was a senior in high school. I actually coached against him. It was the St. Louis, Illinois versus the St. Louis, Missouri kids, and I remember talking to him about that transition and how, you know, it wasn't easy and it was, you know, it was a change and they had to do things the way you guys wanted them to. I think one of the, you know, a lot of people talk about culture change and, you know, we're, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that. And sometimes it's just talk and sometimes people don't buy in. What I think is very apparent is you've got guys to buy in. And I think the number one example of that is the number one recruiting class you had in the country a year ago. And, you know, Obi, I'm going to start with you because I've talked to, to Pat and I've talked to Frank about this. I know you would never brag about this, but I know you were instrumental in, building relationships with a lot of those kids. So, you know, what was your role in, the, in that process? And, and, you know, I know you're kind of a quiet-natured guy, you know, a quiet guy by nature, but how was it to be so involved in the recruiting aspect of things? Uh, it was excellent. I loved every aspect of it, um, especially when we have a specific game plan, a specific culture, and then now – the next thing is to do is to go out there and find guys that will fit that mold. And uh, it taught me a lot into in, in really trying to understand a young man and their goals and what they're like off the mat. And uh, building that relationship uh, was a very fun experience with me because I know these guys are going to be here for another four to five years. And uh, just putting the time in with them and uh, sharing in their accomplishments in high school and then getting excited about what they bring to the table to this university and then obviously what we can help them achieve some big goals. We look for guys that have really big goals and aspirations. They want to work hard. And, and for me, it's like gaining another friend, another buddy that's going to be part of this uh, program. They're going, to, they're going to build this program into um, one of those programs that's going to compete for a national title. And uh, so for me, it was fun kind of searching for, you know, those diamonds, basically. That's what it felt like, just talking to different guys around the country and just getting to know them and, uh, get excited about them being in the room every day. Yeah, it feels like you guys are building a big family out there. And, and Frank, you and I go way back to the old Merrimack-Lincoln Community College days. And I know when you first started coaching, 
you know, we talked about recruiting, and I know you're one of the most tireless guys in the country at it. So how did it feel when, when all the effort you put into it got recognized and you guys had that number one class and knew that the, the future was really going to be bright for you for the coming years? Well, you know, it was uh, it was great to be recognized for that. You know, whether whether people thought it was the one class or the five class or ten or if it wasn't even ranked, I knew this class was special because I got to know all these kids really well. And it was just the mentality more than anything. They just, they were on board. They had the same vision. You know, you can see it in their eyes and, and know deep down what they want and, and that they're just all on the same page. And so I was really excited. You know, before the rankings came out, we were like, you know, it doesn't matter what it's ranked. It doesn't, because at the end of the day, these kids are going to come in and, and get it done. And some of the maybe less herald guys in that class are, are some of the guys who, you know, people overlook for whatever reason. But we're just, we're excited about this class. It's already, you know, showing some good results on the mat. Some of them are red-shirting, but across the board, that class is, is going to be instrumental in taking us to a national title here as a team. And uh, we just kind of be more excited about that group of young men. Um, it was a big class, so this coming class will be a little bit smaller. It'll be much smaller, actually, the, the current seniors. But then that junior class uh, that we're currently recruiting uh, is, again, going to be very special, and obviously I can't talk about that yet. As long as I can I keep on uh, a few pages out of your recruiting book, we're going to be landing some awesome kids here. I love it. The class of 18 has already been put on notice. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, when you guys were able to make that leap from, you know, recruiting maybe second- or third-tier guys to being able to get a lot of those elite kids, so – I know you guys have a specific process and a specific, I guess, checklist, for lack of a better phrase. So, I guess, Frank, I'll start with you. What are maybe one or two red flags and one or two green lights that you're looking for when uh, when you start recruiting a kid? Well, let me go back to what you just said there about, you know, not necessarily getting those blue-chip kids at first. Um, when we got here that first year, we finished 63rd in the country. It was hard to talk to a you know, top 50 or top 100 kid into coming to NC State. They were like, you guys just finished 63rd at Nationals, and, you know, you, you guys aren't very good right now. Um, and we need to see some improvement. So we went 63rd, 19th, 16th to 11th over the last four years, a steady climb, obviously finishing second in the country in dual meets last year. So, you know, we, we showed those improvements, and as we did that, you know, the kids could see where we're headed, the way we were trending, the things we were doing were working. So um, it was a lot easier to, you know, kind of get some of those more blue-chip kids, but you know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's no perfect answer of, of what the red flag or the green light is, but definitely first and foremost is mentality. You know, we want to spend a lot of time calling, texting, talking with these kids, getting to know them, and if they have the right mentality, uh, that's that's first and foremost most important thing for us on the green light side. Um, you know, we got to click as a coaching staff with these kids because we got to be able to push them the right way. Uh, know how to push them once they get here. You know, it's not just where we want to recruit the best kids and then just get them here. It's everything's got to click with them and us, so that way when they get here, it's just we're we're just keep rolling and keep building that relationship and and push them every every way. Uh, you know, it's best for them. Um, so that's that's obviously big. You know, a lot of people uh, you know joke that all of our guys are, are long, lanky, and uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, Pat and I are long and lanky guys that like to be on top. So, you know, if everything else is equal, I, I do like those long, lanky guys that can grind it out and are good on top. You know, as a team, we're very good on top. That's that's an area we try to pride ourselves on. Um, but that doesn't mean we're only going to recruit that. But, 
you know, we do have a lot of those guys in the lineup that have been very successful for us, and I think part of that is because Obi's so freaking good at teaching guys to get great on their feet that uh, when they're already good on the mat, it's easy for Pat and I uh, to mold them there, and Adam and Obi can just really develop them on their feet and make them great there. So, you know, we put a lot of the onus on them on that. But uh, on the on the red lights, on things you stop, you know, again, obviously mentality. If, if they aren't committed academically, socially, very important. And wrestling, you know, when at a high level, you know, that, that's that we just stop immediately. We don't waste time um, if, if there's a red flag on any of those. And then, you know, after that, we want to see guys that wrestle hard. Um, we're not always looking for the finished product. We like those diamonds in the rough, but we also want the blue chef kids. Um, but we, we want guys who are going to fight through every period, through every minute of the match, who never just concede uh, easy points or, you know, put their head down in a critical moment that they're going to fight for everything and that it cares and it hurts them when they lose, you know. Uh, you see really good guys who, who will take a loss and they'll be laughing after their match two minutes later. It's like, you know, I don't want them to be, uh, you know, depressed after a loss, but, but it's got to hurt and it's got to mean something to them. So those are little things. And a lot of times going to tournaments, one of the best things isn't watching them wrestle because I, it's, there's film everywhere. We know how good kids are. Sure. It's seeing how they prepare, how they warm up mentally, what they do to focus in. Um, and then after, the way they react, the way they conduct themselves, um, especially after a loss, what they do and, and how they respond the next round and that kind of thing. So those are very important to us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, when you and I were out recruiting together, we almost never watched the matches. We were just talking to guys and, like we said, like you said, watching those reactions. So I, I think that's good insight for kids to understand that, you know, even when you think you're not being watched, you're being watched. So better than uh, kind of watching a kid go back in the tunnel to state tournament and see how he reacts if it's, you know, he starts throwing a fit or if he's, you know, I, I know what I need to do or, you know, whatever it is, just how he conducts himself. And that, that goes a long way for us. And, you know, people, uh, some of the other coaches that I hang out with these tournaments give me a hard time because I'm like, all right, he's going back to the tunnel. I, I got to run down and see what he does. And they're, like, laughing at me. But, you know, I, I do. I judge stuff off that. Yeah, I think you'd be crazy not to, right? I mean, you know, and I think with your guys' results, I think more people probably start doing that. So, um, you know, OB, obviously you, you wrestled in a room where it was you were surrounded by elite guys. And do you see your room there at NC State starting to get that same feel that you had when you were competing? Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, it all goes back to the mindset aspect of things. Um, you know, it, it, Winning a national title, it's uh, beyond just the room. You know, it, it's beyond that. It's, it's, it's the preparation, the watching the video, having some kind of written game plan, having something in your locker that you uh, – some type of goals, and rather just coming into practice like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to just go through the motion. Uh, these guys have goals that, okay, to get uh, X amount of turns, X amount of takedowns, and they're very competitive amongst themselves. And then uh, – you know, this year I'm getting to see a lot of guys competing amongst themselves in matches. Oh, man, he got 10 points. I got to get at least 12 to beat him. And uh, it makes it very fun to see guys have that kind of mindset and no one's conceding anything in the practice room. So I definitely see that um, likeness to uh, rooms such as Oklahoma State, as well as some of the rooms I've been uh, with different guys on the world team. And yeah, going, you wrestle at the highest level, so it's not just collegiate, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of the things that you want to see. 
you want to see the those things that guys are building to to be not only the best in their conference but the best in in, in the country. And then we obviously have guys with uh, aspirations of being world teams, Olympic teams, and we have guys training here in our RTC. Uh, there's a lot of uh, moving parts, and uh, it's very exciting to be a part of it every day and to see these guys grow and want more out of their wrestling. And and Obi, the next time I'm, I come out there, uh, on behalf of all of us that are not tall with long arms, I still got a place to work out and a place to hang out, right? You'll take care of me out there? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I try to balance the height out here a little bit. You know, these guys tell me about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, these guys are pretty funny on our team. So um, be ready to have some good time and uh, have some good jokes. They're, they're heightest, but we're going to get past it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Frank, I'll start with you first. When you have this many kids coming in, tell me about the red shirt decision-making process. I know it's, you know, the obvious statement, it's a kid-by-kid basis. But, you know, maybe a little more in-depth when, you know, kids are listening to this and, you know, like, well, would they redshirt me? Would they wrestle me right away? What are some maybe rules of thumb you guys follow there? Well, we put red shirt, not red shirt, in a hat. We close our eyes and draw it out. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, no, you're right. It is. It's, it's, we have to, it's, uh, it's a long conversation about each kid. Our entire staff sits down. And we go through each guy on our roster, what's best for them individually right now, what's best for them over the next year, over the next four or five years. And it's also what's best for our team, what's best for our team right now, what's best for our team by the end of the year, what's best for our team over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, because it's a long-term vision here. So um, it all goes into it. You know, I think a lot of kids think you just redshirt first year. That's just what you do. I personally think it's very difficult to redshirt uh, your first year because you don't know what to expect. I, I like to wrestle kids right away if I can. If they're ready, they're good enough to be in our lineup, I, I prefer to wrestle them right away because then they get that maturity. They know what to expect. There's no no surprises. And then when they redshirt, they get a lot more out of it. Um, now, obviously, some kids either maybe it's because of academics, maybe it's because uh, maturity, maybe it's just they're not the guy right now. They need to redshirt right away. Um, but we, we try to, you know, obviously put out, you know, it's not like I don't feel like our team's in a position where we're going to try to put all the chips in this year and and, and, and all go in and, and this is going to be the year. I think we're past that point. I think we're to the point where we want to be really freaking good every year and we want to be at the point where we're contending for a team trophy every year and ultimately uh, contending to win a national title. So it's it's not a, you know, hey, let's put all our chips in here, which you hear people talk about. It's we want to be good every year. We want to contend for a trophy every year, and ultimately we want to and we will win a national title as a team. So um, with that mentality going in, that focus, that's what we base everything off of. So, um, you know, a guy like Tommy Gant uh, a couple years ago, a guy like Pete Rinda this year, they registered their fourth year. Um he was, was good enough to wrestle right away, and I think he's benefited more this year by redshirting than he would have any of the previous years because he went out, he took third last year at NCAAs. He's, he's confident, and now he's, we're able to send him to the Olympic Training Center and spend a week at the training camp or two weeks out there last week. This weekend he's going out to uh, the Dave Schultz Tournament. He wrestled in the NYAC Tournament. Um, we're planning on sending him overseas, and he's hitting some college tournaments. You know, He wrestled at Midlands. So he's, he's mature enough where he can 
go and compete on the senior level at a very high level, and uh, and it's helped him a lot. I think if he would have registered that first year, I don't think he would have done what he did last year, finishing third in the country. So uh, I, th- I think it helped him. Now, there are other guys who they need that first year, uh, and, and it just makes it better for them. And then, obviously, there are situations like Kevin Jack. He was redshirting up until mid-February, his freshman year. And we had a guy, Sam Spino, who's our 49-pounder, is ranked pretty high right now, uh, who was doing well and got mono right at the end of the year. And we felt like Kevin was ready. We didn't feel like he was ready at the beginning of the year. And he took some losses, um, not great losses. And uh, he wasn't ready at the beginning of the year. But by that point, you know, we sat down. We had a long conversation with the staff. And we were like, you know what? This kid's ready to go out and play in the national tournament right now as a true freshman. We can pull him out of red shirt, and he can get it done. And we were confident in that, and everybody told us we were crazy when we did it. They're like, why did you burn this kid's year? He's got two matches and ACCs and nationals left. And we all we were like, well, he's ready. And uh, <laughs> he comes out, first match, he, he pins Kiffin Pitt. Second match, he beats uh, Dean Heil. Uh, and he goes up and takes fourth. And so after he beats Heil, everybody's like, man, you guys are geniuses. He goes to the conference tournament, takes fourth, and everybody's like, man, you guys are dumb for pulling him out of red shirt. And then two weeks later, lo and behold, national tournament comes, and he finishes fifth, and all of a sudden we look like geniuses again. So you, you never know, but we were confident that he was ready. So, uh, you know, it, it might happen late in the year like that. But uh, it's all an individual and team uh, decision, but it's it's not done lightly. Um it's, it's a long, hard conversation between our whole staff. Everybody on our staff got input. We're all very involved, and, and we work together really good, and that's, that's a big part of it is, uh, you know, we kind of come to a consensus, and, and then we run with it. And, you know, I think we got a pretty good system of doing it. Um, but, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Not everybody red shirts right away. Not everybody red shirts, you know, four years in. And, and some guys don't red shirt. You know, it usually doesn't happen. Most guys red shirt at some point, but some guys – they want to go four straight and, and then, you know, get into freestyle or go into the real world or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, you mentioned two unique examples there with Renda redshirting this year and then, you know, with with Jack and pulling him out late like that. And, you know, as a guy that coached, I, I always found it interesting where people would know maybe 10% of the equation of your team and felt like they were going to suggest something to you that you just had never thought of. I mean – People should know that when you coach, all you do is think about how to make your team better, how to help your kids. Like, you know, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with ideas to, you know, maybe this guy can help him finish his crackdown single this way or stuff like that. So I I find that interesting. Um, Obi, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your your specific role in the program. I mean, I know, you know, we met – several years ago back when you were at Oklahoma State and you're very, you know, very accommodating and that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I watched you grow and, and make, you know, world teams and things like that. What are, what are they, what are the, your strong points that you're bringing to the program out there in terms of like, you know, the division of labor? How is that handled out there? Um, I think the the best words you use was accommodating. Um, my goal and my role is to accommodate these guys, achieve their uh goals on and off the mat. <clears throat> and so uh, whether that's technically uh, watching videos and uh, work on different techniques one-on-one or whether it's strategic planning for what they're looking to do next couple of years, and that's something we do as a staff. And uh, so my goal is, is to really help these guys achieve their their um, 
individual goals in uh, in and out of the room. And I do that uh, looking at the lightweights, and then it's very interesting. I'll bounce from the lightweights and uh, work with guys towards the upper weights, and the uh, whole staff kind of gets really involved uh, from top to bottom. And uh, really good examples is just, uh, you know, if I'm pretty good on my feet in this area, I work with a guy here, and if Frank's uh, better here at this different area, top or bottom, or even on his feet with something, and uh, I pass that on off to him. So we all pitch in as a staff um, to help with recruiting, promoting the program, uh, building our guys. And um, so, I mean, it, we, we all fit in wherever we need it. And then um, pretty much I think, like you said, the best word is accommodating. I try to accommodate these guys any way I can for them to achieve their goals because that's what excites me, you know, guys coming in for uh, one-time state champions or, you know, places states just want and then become All-Americans and uh, become world team members. And uh, as well as helping the RTC, that's something I'm very excited about. We have uh, any given time five to six athletes training on a daily basis to uh, compete and become uh, part of the national team, world team, or even the Olympic team, whatever the aspirations may be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we actually got a – all of our guys are competing um, in the next month. Nick Wazowski's wrestling at the, the Uregan Tournament out in Russia. Um, and then the rest of our guys will be competing at the Schultz Tournament there here in February. So just uh, having uh, five guys that are ranked in the top eight, actually, um, on the national ladder, just helping those guys uh, work from being in the top eight to being the number one guy in the country. That's something I'm excited about every single day. I get up and I, you know, I come to work and, and I try to just uh, achieve excellence with those guys. Yeah, and and for people that don't know you, that's you know, you that really is the kind of person you are. And you could just I could see that from the first time I met you, you know, that you were somebody that wanted to leave, you know, as many relationships as you could better than when you found them. So uh, I want to jump over to talking about Pat because. Um, you know, a lot of the relationships I have with with the guys at Division One was them helping us with recruiting if they knew guys that academically weren't going to make the clearinghouse or just maybe a guy that, you know, they just weren't going to be a lot for money to, but they thought they could win at our level. And Pat was one of those guys that was was very relatable, was, uh, you know, would take time to help. I mean, I remember when you even, you know, came and picked me up at the airport at Virginia Duels. Um, I know, Frank, you've been there, like, since week one with him. In, in from your point of view, how is he as a leader or a mentor to you and, and to the guys in the program? That's great. I mean, obviously, I was with him at Binghamton for a year. Uh, at the end of that year, I, I always give him a hard time. I say, you know, we won too fast because I bought a house there, and a couple months later, we're moving. Uh, but uh, I was with him there for a year, and, you know, before he really took the job down here, we were talking about it, and he's like, you know, I need you there. I want you on board, and and, you know, I pretty much was committed to coming here with him uh, before I think anything was official of him coming here. So um, I was here right away. Um, and obviously I have a lot of respect and uh, in him and, and for him to uh, be able to kind of make that move um, kind of blind, never been down here to NC State. And obviously I found, fell in love with the place once I got here. But, uh, you know, obviously I've, I've learned a ton from him. Um, you know, I, I, I try to pick his brain a lot and, and get his opinion on a lot of things and, and help build me as a coach. And, and uh, I think it's been, 
really beneficial for me personally. That's awesome. And I guess it'll be same question because, you know, you're around John and Eric and Espo and all those guys. What, what kind of impact has Pat had on your life? Uh, tremendous impact. Um, just really getting to see what all it takes to run a program. And uh, obviously, if you look at Pat's track record, he's been able to build, you know, pretty much everywhere he's uh, been at. He's taken the program where they're at and something much better. So I'm very fortunate to have him as a mentor, as a leader of our program. Um, so just really just find a shadow and learning from him um, in terms of how organized he is and uh, strategic he is about planning. Every Nothing goes on turn. You know, every little detail is uh, ran over and, and making sure it's the best move and trying to just maximize everything. So, um, you know, it, we, he pushes us as a staff, just like we push our athletes, and uh, it's really a privileged position to be in. And, uh, you know, the only thing, the only bad thing is he's so tall that I have to look up all the time. <laughs> oh, but you got to look up to me, so that's bad. That's bad enough. <laughs> Hard life. <laughs> that's life, right? So, well, I remember when Pat was looking at that job, and I remember, you know, he's, you know, he goes, I got to bring Gwizdowski with me. And, you know, when Gwiz came over, and I know that you guys redshirted him, but to have a guy like that, that, you know, won the national title multiple times, you know, probably participated in the, you know, the greatest heavyweight match of all time. Just, I would think, you know, I guess, Obi, from your point of view, to be able to show kids, look, you know, these guys that were an NC State singlet, we're going to get on the top of the podium. Has that made recruiting and, and that kind of thing a little easier for you? Yeah, definitely. It, it sure has. I mean, uh, anytime you, you, you talk to anyone and say, hey, you can do this here, People are like, yeah, that's great and all, but show me. Show me, you know what I mean? So uh, with Nick, it, it, it's evident. It's evident in itself that you could win titles here. Guys have won it in the past, and they've done it currently with him. And, and then we've got guys like Peter Renda, uh, Kevin Jackett, are um, very close to that national championship uh, um, trophy. So it, it's very exciting um, to, to be all part of that and to have Nick uh, – who's obviously a very hardworking young man. It's very interesting just to be around him and see how focused he is and uh, how driven. Um, and, and, and he's still here as a leader for guys on our team. I mean, he, on the RTC days off or even days of their training, if we have morning practice, he's here morning practice. He's working with guys. He's uh, just watching and just like, hey, I saw you do this. Just talk to him after practice and, and uh, just be a mentor. It's, it's very exciting, and it fires the guys up because they're like, man, this guy just won uh, two <laughs> yeah. titles, and telling me I can do it as well, and he's, he's here excited and pushing me. So it's great to uh, have him around. Obviously, he's achieved tremendous things, but he's he's not satisfied with that. He's looking to have other people on that awesome wall we got in there with our national champion. So uh, it's, it's very exciting overall. Yeah, and – and and you guys know this. I mean, you have somebody who's done it. The the credibility level goes way up. So, well, when when I was getting ready to, to do this interview with you guys, Frank made me do my homework, point a couple things out. So, Frank, let's talk about the ACC's coming up. I know they're still you got some meets before then, but 
I know you guys won it last year, and I know you're hosting this year, correct? That's that's right. We've got it right here in Reynolds Coliseum. You know, uh, last year we were displaced in some different uh, venues because they were renovating Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds is a pretty historic venue, and uh, they put $35 million into it over the last uh, year and a half that they uh, that they renovated. It's beautiful. Um, it's it's one of the best, uh, nicest facilities in the country. Um, we're going to pack it out. It seats about 5,500, so it's perfect for uh, for a tournament like ACC's. Um, it's great for our home matches. Uh, it's just an exciting environment. It's all high tech and uh, just a great venue to wrestle in. So we're we're really excited to have ACC's here. You know, we're uh, we're excited about the team we have. You know, we had nine of the the ten guys ranked in the first coaches poll ranking, and with Sean back in at 125 as a returning national qualifier. Who, one matches at the national tournament. You know, we expect to have all 10 there, and, and you know, the expectation is uh, higher than last year, you know, obviously. So we won ACC's last year and we finished 11th, and, and we have every expectation to match that ACC performance and better our national tournament performance. So we're excited to host the ACC's. Obviously, uh, across the board, the ACC is a very good conference. Um, from where it was maybe 10 years ago or so, if you look around, um, all the coaches are working hard to build their program, and, and there's a lot of new coaches in the last five, six, seven years in the ACC that uh, they've all got pretty much all the programs are improving and getting better. I think five of the uh, three or four of the programs are in the top 25 right now in uh, the coaches panel rank or the coaches poll ranking. Um, and then there's I think two uh, on the honor roll mention there that were receiving votes. So you know every team's pretty good. Um, and it's an exciting conference, and it's a small conference, only six teams, but when all six teams are pretty good, you know, some crazy stuff happens there, and, and it's a fun tournament. Yeah, no easy outs, right? So I think the other thing that's interesting is, and, you know, here at track, we've got the national duels, and obviously they do that alternate thing where, you know, you guys traveled to the Big Ten last year and you're hosting this year. So you guys are still obviously these duels really matter in terms of where you're going to end up in the non Big Ten standings, and but you get to host this year. Um, that's got to be exciting. You know, is there is there anybody like from a program point of view that you guys would really love to host? Um, I guess Obi, I'll ask you first. Oh man, that's a great question to answer. I guess I, I mean, we just uh, we're competitive. Especially anyone that's uh, you know that they match us up with. And, just want to go out there and compete with the best results that we can. So for me to say we're looking exactly for a specific team, I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that. We just want to sure. wrestle the best, you know. We want to wrestle the best that we can, and, and we're going to go out there to compete. And, and that's our mindset. So uh, it's basically like, hey, whoever it is, we're going to go out there compete and uh, look to bring home a W. And fill that Reynolds Coliseum up, right? Get, put a bit, right, have that scrap go on for sure, yeah. So, yeah, you should come if you get a chance. It's a pretty beautiful, <laughs> beautiful spot. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to have to make it out there sometime this spring or summer for sure. Check out the RTC and everything else. So let me – yeah, for sure, right? So um, last question, and, you know, you guys can answer it in whatever order you want. 
I know, obviously, and, you know, Frank, you've touched on it a couple times, that the long-term goal of the program is consistency and not just to, you know, like you guys have said, you went from, I think it was 63rd, you said that first year up to 11th last year. So I know the goal is to be perennially in the top 10. I know how much work each of you guys and Papalizio and Adam Hall and the other members of your staff are putting into this. What would it mean to you to – when you guys eventually win that national team title? Well, you know, I think you hit it on the head. It's very important. That's what we're working towards every day, you know, and we're not willing to compromise and make any kind of short-term or, I mean, long-term sacrifices for something short-term. So that that goes across the board, recruiting what we're doing with our lineup, with red-shirting, you know, everything across the board. So um, it's important to us, and that's the focus. Um, We're kind of laser-focused in on that. Uh, obviously, the next step for us is to win a team trophy at, AC, at, uh, at the NCAA tournament, um, finish this off four. Uh, you know, people are probably not saying I'm crazy. I think we could do it this year. And if we don't do it this year, then I expect to do it next year. But we got to take that step first, and then the step after that is to actually win the national tournament. And, again, with the, with the group of freshmen that we brought in last year, I think that is going to be uh, the group that really – puts us in the position to win a trophy, the team trophy. Yeah. Obi, would you like to add anything to that? I mean, I know you've been around greatness and been in that, that room out there in Stillwater. How would it feel to, to build that new tradition out there in, in at NC State? Uh, it, it'd be great. I mean, it, that's the exciting part, I think, for me, is being part of that building process. Um, you know, I when we win a national title, uh, I don't know if I'll be surprised. Obviously, I'll feel great, but I, I don't think I'm going to be surprised at all. It was, you know, when I had the opportunity to come here at NC State, um, I didn't know much about the program. and uh, But once I got here and I saw the guys working out, all the focus, I, I, uh, aspirations these guys had, and then uh, got a chance to kind of look at the, the strategic planning and uh, what the goal was and how we're going to do it. I think uh, kind of going back to being around programs, uh, individuals that have achieved a lot, I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is, this is exactly how, you, how you're supposed to do it. And, uh, and I believed in it right away. Just like uh, our athletes that come in and they believe in our plan, our goal, I believed right away. And uh, for me, it's just a matter of when. Uh, that happens, but I, I believe 100% that you are very capable of doing so. I believe it will happen. And, uh, it, you know, like I said, I'll be excited. I don't know if I'll be surprised because if somebody really believes that we can do, and I'll keep following the plan, putting in the necessary work, day in, day out, and be excited when it happens. Yeah, I, I don't think you guys are going to be surprised. I think. You know, I would expect that your reaction would be more finally as opposed to surprise. You guys have been grinding at this for a long time. So, and, you know, when you look at programs around the country and, and you're in a position like mine where you're doing the rankings and, you know, trying to be as uh, neutral as possible, it's impossible not to notice schools that are, that are doing things differently and, and having success. And, you know, it's a huge jump to go from 63rd and, you know, a lot of people don't even know they keep track down the 63rd place. So, you know, that was probably a tough sell to be in. Well, you know, the the funny thing about that is, is uh, I'll never forget it. Cody Angelo uh, won a backside match in the uh, 
the NCAA tournament. So consolation actually scored a half point. Heard <laughs> that we were jumping for joy that we scored a half point at the NCAA tournament at that point for how bad we were as a program. So uh, we've come a long way in a short time, but it's been a steady climb. Yeah, you, he kept you guys from taking the bagel that weekend, so that's good. Yeah. So, well, guys, I know you're you're busier than hell, and I know it's you know the night after a, a big duel, and I appreciate you guys carving some time out for track wrestling and for me today. Um, I wish you guys the best of luck, and um, I know we'll catch up when you get here to nationals here in St. Louis. Well, thank you so much. Uh, pleasure talking to you, and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you out there. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating. Let me correct him. We will be celebrating. <laughs> my man, my man Frank, putting that positive vibe out. I love it. All yeah, right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That was Matt Chet. I'm David Mercatani. Talk to you everyone next week. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.